What an awesome win for the Utah Jazz. An impressive one in different ways against the Portland Trailblazers. Let's talk about it. It's the Hoops Nerd Show. All right, guys, what a blast that game was. Before we talk about it, let's just give a shout-out to Price Picks, our sponsor. Go to pricepicks.com, use promo code HOOPSNERD. They will match up to $100. You put $5 down, they give you $5. It's free money. Go do it. And it supports the channel. I would appreciate it. All right, guys, let's talk about that. That was a fantastic game. Many things to discuss to go over with this game. Fantastic bounce-back win for the Jazz. Here, let me bring me down. Although, you know what's not bringing me down? That game. Uh, just talking about this Portland Trailblazers team. They're, they're a fun, young team that's interesting in a different, uh, bunch of different ways. Jeremy Grant goes out. Hopefully, he's okay. He might be getting a concussion. Hopefully, he didn't have any broken bones literally in his face. That was crazy. Uh, but obviously, the story with this with this Portland Trailblazers team is Scoot Henderson, who comes off the bench. Only 6 for 15 from the field. But, man, he had some fire tonight. And I loved him in the draft. And I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, I felt like he showed some things tonight that were impressive. Two for five from three. His three-point shot actually looks better than his pull-up jumper right now, which is interesting because everyone considered that pull-up kind of mid-range to be his shot. And so I think he'll figure that out. He's been dealing with injuries. It'll get better. He's going to be awesome. He looked awesome at times tonight. And I think the I think he's just going to get better and better. So, and then also Shaden Sharp, 43 minutes tonight. He was fantastic. It felt like, you know, he goes three for eight from the three-point line, but it felt like he was knocking everything down. I guess it was just some big-time shots. And you feel like that when it's big-time shots. So, shout out to uh, Jeremy Grant and, and, and Shaden Sharp. They are awesome. It's an interesting young Blazers team. And also, Malcolm Brogdon's really good. I mean, this this team has taken a lot of teams to the wire. They're better than their... I mean, they're, they are what their record is. They are 6-13. and 13. They're right around... I mean, they're the same as the Jazz for the most part. The Jazz have one more win, but they're both young, talented teams that play hard and have some real flashes here and there. There's just not so, enough consistency across the board for them to be good, and I think eventually Portland's going to get another pick out of this draft, and we'll see what happens in the future. This Jazz team, too, it's going to be interesting how this season goes. I think there's a legit shot for this Jazz team to make the play-in tournament and make the playoffs. There's a lot to like about this Jazz team. So, Let's talk about the Jazz. Obviously, you know, we come off of two games where the Jazz didn't look very great. They got smashed by Memphis. They go in and they play pretty hard. Uh, I can't even remember who it was, but it was a good basketball team uh, in their last game. I already forgot. Oh, it was the Wolves, the number one defense in the NBA. They play hard against the Wolves, actually look pretty good in the first half. And that was on a back-to-back on the road. And they they looked good in that game, except in the third quarter, they just got their the doors blown off. And some of that is just a deficiency of talent. And some of that's the back end of a back-to-back. It's a combination of a lot of things. But so it was nice for the Jazz team to get a day of rest in between, come back to Utah. And by the way, this was no slouch of a game. This was not supposed to be the easiest thing. You know, they go on a back end of a back-to-back, two games on the road. You travel back to Utah. You do get to sleep in your bed. But this is the third game in four nights for the Jazz still. So the Jazz... You know, you could have seen this game go a lot of different ways. And it felt like when the game first started, it did look like the Jazz looked like a, a bunch of guys that were sore. And, it, you know, I it, honestly, the first 
five minutes of this game for Utah looked pretty muddy and slow, but they slowly got into it. They got back into their into their sets, into their motion, and it it turned around really quickly. Um, there's some things to be excited about for this Jazz team, and let's just go through all of it. Let's just go through all of it. Uh, Simone Fontecchio has been a revelation. And I know three for 12 from the field, one for eight from three. And I don't think anyone felt like he didn't play well. You know, that three-point shot when it's not going down, there's nights like this where certain guys are just going to have nights where the shot's not falling. But I think Simone Fontecchio has earned my respect. He should have your respect for how he's playing. And it's not necessarily just because of this. It's because of the defense. And look at this, five assists for Fontecchio at that small forward spot. We have not really been getting that this season. And for him to be just a willing passer, he rebounds uh, the five assists. He has two block shots. One of those was that transition block that was big. He defends. He is a plus defender. It is pretty exciting to see. Now, is he an elite level defender like the Jaden McDaniels and guys like that out there? No, he's not. But this is really exciting to see from him. And I think that Will Hardy deserves our respect for playing him because I think a lot of people were like, why is Fontecchio getting these minutes instead of Taylor Hendricks? Who, by the way, we're going to talk about tonight. And he looked awesome. Um, but I think it just shows he's been great. And the coach was right. And Fontecchio has looked really good. And part of that is not just, you know, the guys that look at these box scores, those are the guys that drive me the most crazy, especially like the Nationals. And there's some, you know, local guys that do that too, that kind of make me go like, do you watch the games? Do you actually see what's going on? Because not every not every night is some Fontecchio getting these two blocks. But when you watch the game, you see the defense and you see the effort and you see his size and he moves pretty well. So there is a lot to like there, and I think Fontecchio can be on this Jazz team for a while, and Jazz fans should be happy about that. I know I am. What he does is really impressive on both sides of the ball, and the fact that he's moving the ball within the offense, five assists, you know, he's not going to be a superstar or anything like that, but a high-level rotation player is fantastic for the Jazz getting him for basically nothing. So fantastic pickup. And what makes me excited is this is all with Lowry Markkinen not playing. The Jazz did this without marketing. And so you're going to get Fontecchio minutes off the bench, and they're going to be good minutes, you know, really nice minutes. The Jazz have so many different questions to answer, but some of the problems and some of the questions are getting answered a little bit right now. You're answering, a, you know, when the season started, the biggest question was guard play. And I don't know if it's necessarily just guard play. I think it's also just play initiation. Are you getting enough players that are initiating sets that will end up getting the ball moved around and going to an open shooter? It doesn't necessarily always have to be a John Stockton, Carl Malone pick and roll every single time or whatever. It can be just guys getting the ball into the offense and then moving the ball with the offense and making the right read and play. And it seems like Fontecchio is a guy that can do that a little bit. I have to say, he didn't get a lot of props tonight and no one on Twitter is giving him too big. A, but John Collins was awesome tonight. The last two nights, I was not super impressed, you know, and there, you know, last game he had a really bad game. It was like really rough, but John Collins has been pretty darn solid for this Utah jazz team since he's come over and put up consistently pretty big numbers. And I felt like his defense tonight was actually pretty solid. I, you know, we have been having a lot of time with him playing uh center position with when, when Kessler was out, but now that he's back to the four spot, I think he's found a really nice groove there. 
And tonight really showed it. When he was on the floor with either Yurtsevin or Kessler, it was solid. And you can see that. Look at this. Three blocks for him. And, you know, the numbers aren't super pristine, but they're solid enough. 17 points, nine rebounds. He shot 42% from the field. Some of this is like pull-up pull shots and things like that. I thought he played pretty darn solid tonight. You know, you'd hope the three-point shot would go down a little more. There's a few times I wish he'd just pull up from three when he gets it. Some the, There's sometimes where he drives where you're just like, just, just, just rip that, John. But uh, 17 points, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, three blocks. I mean, can't argue with that stat line. You'd like the efficiency, obviously, to be a tiny bit better, but... You know what? The eye test, it passes really well. Really nice stuff from John Collins tonight. And what an absolute steal for the Jazz. At worst, it's like a late second round pick that probably doesn't even convey. And so what a cool, awesome pickup that has been. Long term, I don't know what it is with John Collins, but for now, just enjoy him because he's he's awesome and he seems like he has a big personality. And honestly, this Jazz team needs some personalities. With how young they are, it does seem like there's a lot of just kind of quiet guys. And so there's a few guys that kind of take advantage of that. I feel like Sexton a little bit and some of these guys kind of take advantage of the youth. And you got to be careful with that when you're building a team because you don't want guys that take advantage. You want leaders, you know? So... Anyway, so it's nice to have a leader like John Collins on the floor. And I think, honestly, that's why sometimes he gets the minutes he does. He is the adult in the room at times. And so it's just nice to have him on the team. Can we talk? And Jesse James Nelson brings it up. Omer Yurtsevin was awesome. Can I just say I love his name, by the way? Can I tell a little story about myself? I'm going to make this about me. I don't care. Uh, my middle name is Omar, but I'm named after my grandpa's brother, whose name was Omer. Omer. It's Danish. I think Omer's is from, from Turkish descent. But I love his name. My great my grandpa's brother died in World War II. He uh he he enlisted. Um he was not drafted. He chose to enlist and go to World War II. He made it through the World War II beaches. Um I think he made it through one of the bloodiest ones. It wasn't like Omaha Beach, but legit like stud, my grandpa's brother, Omer Hansen. And he fought in Germany. If you've ever seen uh, saving Private Ryan when they're like marching through Germany uh, and trying to get, you know, to get Hitler killed and, and taken care of. And, you know, what happened? And this is just story about, I don't know. I just thought about this tonight. I was like, I love his name. And I, I just, I like it. I'm telling this story. But anyways, Omer, shout out to Omer that he is, um, he is with their battalion. Two two battalions from Utah are going through Germany. He Or not two battalions from Utah, but my, my great, Uncle Omer was in this battalion going across Germany. He meets another group of another battalion, meets up in Germany as they're going across. He meets another guy from Utah, from Logan. Uh, my uh, my, my great uncle Omer was from um, Hyde Park. And he meets them. And this is how we learn the story because he met a friend from Logan. They talk and commiserate. The next few days, they are caught under gunfire from Germans. And they are like, trying to get a mortar on the hill and no one can get it up there and my grandpa's brother omer according to this friend from logan who we recently found this story out like not like five years ago uh he was the only one willing to take that mortar up on the hill brings the mortar on the hill gets it there that they need it and then gets killed by a sniper so that's my grandpa's brother omer and i love that name because omer is an important name in my family so guess what i'm gonna root for omer yurtsevin like crazy just because I love his name. Also, he was freaking awesome tonight. Um, <laughs> bet you didn't expect that from the podcast. Uh, but anyways, 
Four for eight from the field. Yurtsevin was freaking awesome tonight. Absolute beast. 15 rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, a big time block. This was the overtime block, baby. And then he only has one turnover, nine points. Those 15 rebounds, that's beast mode. And look at this, four offensive rebounds. We know that Omer is a massive offensive rebounder. Freaking awesome. This is what he does. He rebounds the ball. And he actually has pretty soft touch around the rim. We saw him miss one big time one in overtime. If he'd have knocked it down, it would have been absolutely massive. But anyways, Yurtsevin was as big a part of this win as anybody. <coughs> uh, I felt bad for Kessler because he got big time dunked on twice in a row. And it looked like he got a little bit deflated. And so Will Hardy subs in Omer. Omer comes in and just absolutely dominates the end of the game. He just rebounded the ball. He plays big. He's not as big as you'd think. He looks like he's like 6'10". You know, 6'10", not that big. But, you know, in terms of centers, it's not the biggest. And he play, But he plays big. He rebounds the ball. He's strong. He uses his strength. Just freaking awesome. Omer Yurtsman was a free agent for basically nothing and is awesome for this Jazz team fantastic nine points 15 rebounds four assists absolutely massive for omer yurtsevin uh ochai abaji uh 26 minutes tonight uh kind of a hit or miss night from ochai there's a few times where he did get beat on the on his drives and those those dunks kind of were uh players that passed by ochai on the defensive end ochai's just got to be better you know when he's not impacting the game too hard it's kind of tough but Ochai gets the start. He plays 26 minutes. I do like having his his athleticism on the field or on the field on the basketball court. And you see that when he leaks out and gets the pass and transition from Keontae on that one really nice transition play. But really nice. You need to update your computer. What's wrong with my computer? I don't know. Uh, but anyways, uh, pretty solid stuff. But it's still hit or miss a little bit with Ochai Abaji. There's moments where Ochai looks absolutely awesome with his just athleticism and his corner three-point shooting, which is amazing. And then there's times where he'll make kind of a bad pass here and there, and you're just like, come on, Ochai, what are you doing? So I just want to see Ochai continue to develop. We'll see what he happens. Oh, I got to... Well, I ain't relaunching yet, Jazz Wash, Dirty Jazz. Uh, Keontae George. Is it? Let's just do it. Let's talk about Keontae. We do it every night, but... He is the future of this Utah Jazz team. He is absolutely locked in at that point guard position. He is awesome. He is awesome. His, his understanding of the game, his IQ, his ability to move the ball in the pick and roll and make the right reads. And now we're seeing him get to the free throw line. Tonight he took 10 free throws. Superstar stuff. He only made six. This is, I don't know. The free throw shooting with him is always a little weird. Uh... <coughs> so obviously like to see that and they probably don't have to go to overtime if he's knocking those down but just fantastic from Keontae 21 points six assists yeah it's only 41 percent from the field and the three-point shot wasn't falling tonight but he still manages to go 21 six and six this is awesome it's absolutely fantastic and the thing is is tonight you look at this starting unit Keontae Ochai Omer John he's the guy initiating the offense 100%. He is being asked to carry the entire burden with this starting unit. It is so impressive that he is doing this as a rookie. It is hard to explain. And the fact that we did not know that he would be this good as a playmaker, as a passer, a pick and roll ball handler, 
I mean, I think people hoped that the, his passing would show. You know, everyone kind of hoped, well, he'll be kind of a off-the-bench, uh, you know, microwave scorer that can come in and get some buckets, and then hopefully he can kind of learn to pass the ball. And No, he is a elite playmaking point guard. He is absolutely awesome. And you consider his size, he's 6'4", nice size, he's long, and his, it allows him to have that vision where he just gets the ball to the right place every time. Fantastic stuff. I, it's just, you can't say enough of how good he is. And, you know, people who do scoreboard watching and things like that will say, oh, is he even that good? One for eight from three. Yes, he's freaking awesome. You know, when you're in games that matter and games like tonight where both teams are kind of trying to play their hearts out because these losses matter. Losses like this change a season. If you start losing games like this, pretty soon that season changes. And so these teams are playing hard. Keontae goes out and just does, just leads this offense. I mean, absolutely awesome. You don't get all these points without Keontae George leading the offense. And then he's also doing it with Taylor Hendricks or with Taylor Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton as well. Multiple times where he's on the floor with those guys. And guess what? <coughs> when you play on the floor with, Keontae George, you get better. And that's one of the biggest signs of how good Keontae George is. I mean, Colin Sexton had a monster night tonight, and you got to give him props. But he shares the floor with Keontae George um, through a lot of this, especially near the end of the game where they kept Colin on the floor, took Taylor Horton Tucker out. The Taylor Horton Tucker, Colin Sexton minutes tonight were good. That's another thing. They were solid tonight. you got to give credit to Taylor Horton Tucker. He was hitting his threes. He made some nice reads. It's always a mixed bag with him. It's, you know, a roller coaster ride. Tonight was one of the highs. And you just got to, uh, you know, appreciate it when it happens. So nice night from Taylor Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton. But what's so nice is that those guys can play on the floor with Keontae George. It's not just the Keontae George show. You know, we've seen that with Donovan Mitchell a little bit. And it was awesome. And Mitchell was fantastic. But it was just kind of the Donovan Mitchell show when Donovan Mitchell was on the floor. When Keontae George is on the floor, you have other guys having monster nights. You have Yurtsevin doing this. You have Taylor Norton Tucker and Colin Sexton getting, getting these plays. Colin Sexton gets the ball at the end of the game and should have passed the ball off. And you know what? Keontae George is okay letting him do it. And he's willing to give him the ball. And it's not, it doesn't, Keontae George is an unselfish player that isn't worried about always getting his. And it's one thing that makes him so awesome. If anything, you sometimes wonder, can you just go out and get some more buckets, Keontae? Because sometimes that's the best option. And we saw some things from tonight that also get you pretty excited. He has that kind of pick and roll with Kessler where he goes into that elbow free throw line jumper. And it looks good. And if he not, if he's got that and he can get that pick and just make that shot, I mean, that's that's money every time. And then you combine that with the fact that he can drive to the basket. If guys have to, if he can get the body control, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, this COVID sucks. It sucks a lot. I mean, I'm over it, but man, that COVID cough is the worst, dude. It's the worst. But anyways, if Keontae George can get through that pick and roll and get to that elbow line, and if he can have the control where he can either decide to pull up and knock it down, or if the defender comes up to kind of guard that mid-range pull-up and he can drive to the basket, it's lights out. And then you combine the fact with his three-point shot with the pull-up three, as he works on that and gets better, he is going to be all-star. I mean, it's crazy to think about what he can become. It's really crazy because what he does passing the ball already and the percentages aren't quite there yet but they will and the three-point shots actually coming around despite tonight 
get excited because he is awesome. And he is every bit the hype that we've been talking about on this channel, to be honest. Walker Kessler looks really solid to me. I know he had the two block shots, which sucks. If he'd have got even one of those, this game doesn't go to overtime. Um, but overall tonight, Walker Kessler was awesome. 12 points, eight rebounds in 25 minutes. Um, he just, and two block shots, man, I wish he'd have gotten one of those. It would have been so nice. But Walker Kessler is big time for this Jazz team. And he just does a lot of things that help you win games. And he's big and he blocks shots. He deflects shots. Guys are afraid, you know, and it's just going to happen. Some nights you're going to get dunked on. It just happens. When you're a, a, a rim protector like Walker Kessler, those guys want to dunk on you, you know? If they take it as a challenge. That's why these guys are in the NBA. They're up to the challenge. And so sometimes they're going to get blocked and sometimes they're going to get him. And it's okay. So Walker Kessler, that's okay. Just don't get on Twitter. Don't go on to Blazers Twitter and you'll be fine. <laughs> but anyways, uh, such a solid 25 minutes for Walker Kessler. And it's nice that he's fine coming off the bench or starting either one. This Omer Yurtsevin starting thing is interesting from, from Will Hardy. And I think it's just, it's fine. You know, we've kind of, I think people like me are wondering why Kessler doesn't start. But you know what? If Yurtsevin's playing well and Kessler plays well off the bench and it kind of locks up that bench, solidifies things for that bench unit and you win games, then you can't really argue with it. You know, I think it's pretty awesome. Jordan, the GOAT, best roll, 199. Thanks, my friend. Hear any trade rumors from your sources? Well, I don't really have any sources. Once in a while, someone, um, will send me a DM and say something. And I think that the Jazz are going to try to trade THT. They're going to, they are trying. <laughs> but you have to have two teams want to do it. It takes two teams to make a trade and it takes two owners willing to sign off on it. And I don't know if there's anyone out there really that wants Taylor Horton Tucker. So uh, we may see it trade deadline though. Taylor Horton Tucker has an expiring contract. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh yeah so he's he exercised his player option for 11 million he's an unrestricted free agent next year and he makes 11 million so that's actually pretty solid value if you're looking if a team's looking out there for some salary cap relief which there always are and so maybe the Jazz can go out there and get a distressed asset or something uh but you're probably not getting much back if anything if you're lucky, you can trade him without having to give up something to move him, you know? Uh, so I think, you know, the Jazz are kind of are what they are this year. I know they've tried, but uh, they are what they are. They kind of, they tried to make the Drew Holiday trade and that didn't work out. There were, you know, a lot of trade rumors out there about Drew or uh, Drew, but also about Dame. But the Jazz also don't want to mortgage their future for things that they're trying to win now. And I think it's a good reason. I mean, you look at this Jazz team, they're 7-13. and 13. And, you know, if you get someone like Drew Holiday or uh, Damian Lillard, yes, you're a better team. You're probably around 500 now or maybe a little better. But you're not probably championship caliber. So I'm glad the Jazz did not do too much. And guess what? At the same time, the Jazz are finding out that they have a really nice option in Keontae George, and it is allowing him to play. So we'll see. Um, trade deadline, I do think the Jazz will make some moves around trade deadline. At least they'll try. It takes two to trade, though. <coughs> so one other thing that's interesting, just something to, to take note of. Uh, it's like every single podcast now with Zach Lowe where he mentions... Larry Markin and, and 
the Jazz. He obviously makes a big point to say the Jazz aren't trying to trade him. The Jazz aren't taking any calls or making calls, obviously. But he does say that there are many GMs out there that are interested in him. And thinking about it and saying, well, is there something out there that could make that happen? Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Doesn't mean a trade is going to happen at all. I don't, honestly, unless it's like an absolute crazy godfather offer for Larry Markin and the Jazz shouldn't do it. I think Larry Markin is happy. You saw him tonight. He looked happy with what he's seeing. The Jazz are winning without him, you know? And if, you know, like everyone says online and some of the beat reporters that Larry Markinen wants to win. Well, yeah, everyone does though. Is Larry Markinen the only one who wants to win? <laughs> Uh, but he's got to be happy seeing some of this development of these players. So I think Laurie Markkinen will re-sign, and I don't think the Jazz will trade him. Unless someone comes and says, like, here's four unprotected first-round picks, plus here's our young prospect that we are willing to give up on because we want to win now. You know, like if Houston did something like that and said, hey, we'd love to give you Amen Thompson and, like, four unprotected firsts, you know, you'd probably think about it, you know? But... Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, so, and I don't think it would be the smartest thing too, because Larry Markkinen's really good. And if you have someone like Keontae George, and then you start adding picks as well from all the treasure trove the Jazz have, then you know why would you do that? Uh, you know, unless you got something like that. But I don't think that's coming. I mean, who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe maybe Houston really wants to win now, or you know, or maybe like Orlando trades you like, you know. Do they give you Jalen Suggs and like four firsts and they say, we want to win now and we think Larry will be perfect, you know, maybe, but I doubt it. I don't think the Jazz, I don't know. I doubt that. Uh, let's see. All right. Can we talk about it? It was freaking awesome. Taylor Hendricks, that was kind of the big story of the game. Taylor Hendricks comes into the game <coughs> and is, was awesome. You know, one of the things when we first saw him in preseason is he looked pretty darn out of place. And I think in camp, he looked really out of place. But he's had some time in the G League. He has looked awesome in moments in the G League. And tonight, he showed why Jazz fans should be excited. He had, how many blocks did they record him for? Two? I actually think he had three. And they were great. I mean, he, uh, you know, you won't see it in this stat line. I mean, it's it's not surprising he's positive. He engulfs guys. And what made me excited what I was watching is obviously the blocks are just freaking cool, but it's his ability to switch out onto a defender in isolation and just engulf them. He looks like, I mean, I'm telling you right now, he looks first team all defense level. It's crazy. It is actually pretty special stuff. And he has NBA playoff like championship caliber defense is what he has. It's crazy. The fact you can put him on the floor, he can guard one through five and absolutely just shut it down. Though there were multiple times guys had him on him and they just, they said, Nope, I am not having any part of this. And they just pass it back out. It's pretty nuts. And that's one thing I think this jazz team is going to start doing. They are going to look for athletes that can defend and shoot the ball. And you are going to have them all over the floor. It's basically kind of the Boston Celtics, you know, formula where you get athletes that can shoot and do multiple things, but that defend, you know, it's why Ochai Baji is a big deal. I mean, if you have a lineup out there and they had it at one point, I, well, no, I don't know if they had it at one point, but if you have a lineup out there where it's like 
And by the way, can, can we give a little props to Keontae George for his defense? He had a few times where he got blown by tonight. He also had a few times where he really contains his man. He guards with his chest. He is a solid defender. You know, not maybe a great one, but he's solid enough. And at the end of the game, you saw him kind of in overtime. He kind of learned his lesson with with Brogdon and he just got up in his jersey and he helped win that possession. Not a lot of people are going to talk about it except for on this show. But he got up in his jersey and he can defend if he really wants to. He can really defend. So anyways, you look at lineups where you've got like Keontae George, Ochai Abaji, you put Taylor Hendricks in there with Walker Kessler, and then you put in another athlete. I mean, if 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 Markinen's trying and using his size, pretty solid. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to see a unit like that having really nice defensive numbers. And when you know, I don't know what the future is with Walker Kessler because I think he's just a really solid NBA rotation player. I don't know if Kessler's going to be a superstar or anything. He certainly has great numbers protecting the rim. He has good numbers around the basket. He puts that ball in the basket really well. Really good rebounder. Um, but I don't know if he's like a potential superstar or anything like that. Not Definitely not. But certainly starting caliber center on a really good team that you can have off the bench or start or whatever. The Jazz just need to add more and more talent and more and more size. And you can see that's what they want. They don't want Keontae George playing too much shooting guard because you need size on the floor. It's why someone like Ron Holland in the draft is actually pretty interesting. 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, probably plays the shooting guard. Really athletic, good defender. He has, like, you know, real fire to him. Those are the types of guys I think the Jazz want. And it's why getting someone like Taylor Hendricks matters. It's why the Jazz were interested in Bilal in the draft who, by the way, looks awesome defensively, super long, super athletic. The Jazz want that player type. And honestly, if you want to win in the NBA now, in the future, you have to have it. You have to have size, length, and athleticism. Being undersized is almost too much of a problem these days. You've got to be absolutely superstar in some way, like Dame Lillard offensively, to make up for it because you can't get by if you do not have that size, length, and athleticism. It just absolutely matters and so you just look at some of these guys uh in the draft you could see someone like this zachary reisaker who's drive who's reisakering up the draft boards someone like that i can promise you the jazz are looking at because of just some of these things they do i gotta look at stefan castle by the way a lot of people were excited about him a lot of those draft guys i talk to and stuff are pretty excited to watch stefan castle so i'm gonna probably bring that up on the old YouTube and watch him. But anyways, uh, just really nice to see Taylor Hendricks. I think one thing you do notice is that he is getting a little bit better, a little bit more understanding offensively just from his time in the G League, which is great. But I tell you what, he's kind of ready in some ways. Defensively, he's pretty ready. I mean, he absolutely changes games. And if, if he's on the floor, one thing that I like about Will Hardy is he adjusts defensively all the time. He will switch into a zone. He'll go into a switch defense. He'll set up a drop. Like, they'll do all sorts of different things on defense, and he can do all of it. But you can do some simple things when he's on, the def on, on defense. In all honesty, simple defensive schemes are better anyway. If you have ultra-athletes and ultra-positive defensive players, simple is better. Let them cook, baby. Let him get on the floor and do his thing. And that's one thing the Jazz can do. They can simplify things. Just do a switch defense. You want to switch into Taylor Hendricks? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> he is an absolute monster. And so he's only going to get better 
and but the flashes are there they're fantastic i i can't get over how nice he looked defensively tonight and so impressive stuff from taylor you couldn't be more happy with the debut of taylor hendricks than tonight you couldn't and then the fact that he can shoot the ball at like 40 percent from three are you kidding it's pretty fantastic now he does look a little lost offensively at times you can tell that he needs to adjust and learn i mean i i just i tweeted it out by the way if you want to follow me on twitter we talk during the game all the time go ahead it's fun but one thing about taylor Hendricks is that he just needs time he just needs reps he needs to get comfortable learning an offense is hard you know it wasn't that long ago he was in high school you know, and you're learning a college offense. Now you're in NBA offenses, which are even more sophisticated, learning all the different things, where you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to be, when do you shoot, who do you pass it to, where do you, like what spot of the floor are you supposed to be at? Just learning those things takes time. And I think it's, he's just gotta, he just needs a little time. You know, it's why, it's why you should be more impressed with Keontae George. It's crazy how advanced he is, guys. It's absolutely bonkers how special Keontae George is and running an NBA offense now and being the best option for it and running an NBA offense tonight without a single other PNR ball handler on the floor for a lot of the game. Are you kidding? That's crazy. That is bonkers. You, the, you don't see that. And since guys, I mean, guys like Chris Paul, that's who you're talking about. Guys like that. So this is impressive stuff with what you're seeing from Keontae George. It's unbelievable. But anyways, back to Taylor Hendricks. He just needs time. He just needs reps. He needs to learn where to go. They'll go into the film with him and say, hey, remember when you were doing this? This is what you should have done. You know, when they do shoot arounds and walkthroughs and go through the offense and this is the set. This is where you go. He just needs time to do that and he'll figure it out. Um, I just think what was cool about tonight is I think he can contrib contribute sooner than later. It's not development minutes. It's, I mean, it is development minutes, but it's like development plus contributing minutes. You know, it's kind of like this level of, of, of a player, what they want to be. Are you, a, are you developing? Are you contributing? Are you contributing? Are you playing at a high level and are you dominating? You know, and there were a few times where he had a few little dominating moments, you know, and so he'll get there. He'll continue to improve. He just needs time to learn. Uh, basically, guys, that's all I got tonight. Um, <coughs> this COVID cough sucks a lot. I've already mentioned it. But let's see. Let's give a shout out to the All-Stars tonight. What a fun game, guys. What an absolute blast. That was one of my favorites of the year. So much fun. I hope you guys all had fun because I did. Um, let's see. And you know what? Should we do a should we do a tankathon just for fun? I actually think the Jazz are going to make the play in tournament. That's my that's my prediction. But in case it falls off the rails, let's see where the Jazz land if the if the By the way, Ron Holland's playing better. Let's if the lottery was today, what would happen? Boom. Holy smokes, the Rockets the Rockets jump up 10 spots to get Ron Holland. That's crazy. Utah would fall to nine and get Nikola Topic, who looks pretty good. Although one of the funniest things I heard is a draft guy talking about how long his neck is. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. So anyways, Topic to the Jazz. All right, let's see. Let's give a shout out to our all-stars tonight. Let's give a shout out to Christian House, Money to Haas, Dirty Jazz Car Wash Channel, The Outlaw, Jesse James Nelson, Joshua Hanson, The Danish Destroyer, Ryan Perry, The Legend, Isikali Ricebe, the man for down under. Yes, Jake C. Can. 
See ya, Alexa later. Built Ford Tough, Alexander Tufts, Jorge Arrizaga, Mi Amigo de Abajo, Jordan the Goat, Best Roll, TGD Total Game Domination, Tyson Price, The Price is Right, Austin R. Grant, Editor Extraordinaire, DWCB, Dan Williams, Carlos Boozer, Patrick Kukubo, The Connoisseur, and Robert Hall of Fame. Guys, if you haven't already, go to pricepicks.com, use promo code HOOPSNERD. And make sure, guys, if you haven't already, like and subscribe to the channel. If you're a Jazz fan and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? All right, guys, I will talk to you next time.